0: In early middle school, um, I had a, I had a deep love for um, Guitar Hero, and I always loved playing it at my cousin's house and would play it all the time I was there. Um, I was the younger cousin out of the family, so I kind of kept to myself. Uh, my grandpa was a very prestigious guitar player and um, has a great musical ear, and he was playing one day and I went up to him asking him about the strings on the guitar pertaining to Um, and relating to Guitar Hero uh, buttons on the guitar. And from there, I asked my grandpa if he would teach me and show me some lessons on how to actually play the real guitar instead of the Guitar Hero game. Um, And from there, since early middle school, I developed a love and a passion for um, playing guitar. Um, And it all stemmed from a simple game and a simple uh, concept.
1: I'm Hunter, and I like to reorganize rooms, go to sleep by 10.30, and wear red pants on Friday. I'm Yorn, and I like the
2: movie Step Brothers, golf, and I like to clean.
0: I'm Ethan, and I like reading self-motivation books, acoustic versions of music, and comparing vanilla lattes at different small coffee shops.
1: Welcome to Modern Story Podcast, episode number five. Today, we're telling stories about discovering extraordinary passions in unordinary places. I find that really interesting that... Uh, guitar hero led you to learning the guitar and you know that's you said small simple thing leading to a new passion of yours yeah kind of going off what what you just said
2: uh I think that you know when I think of guitar hero I think of just like the red buttons the blue buttons or whatever and I think it's interesting that you transitioned all those buttons and the chords into like a real song and real guitar it's pretty cool
0: yeah, just one day it just kind of clicked and I was like, all right, let's 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 do it, let's try it, let's learn it, and started a very real passion. Awesome. But now let's get started with Hunter's story called Think Inside the Box.
1: The stage has always brought me to new places. There is something magical that happens when you step out of the box of yourself and become the character on stage. I have been in a fair amount of shows growing up. Let me take you back to the very first one, the one where I was brought to the stage and it changed my life. I am five years old. I had just entered the new world of elementary school and kindergarten isn't half bad. The Traveling Missoula Children's Theater has come to our school and hopes to put on a show. It was the classic Pinocchio. I got so excited because I remember I had just watched the cartoon weeks prior to the event. I always loved the story of Pinocchio. So obviously I had to try out. I remember always setting my standards high I was wishing upon that star to be casted as the wooden boy himself. Remember, I am only five. I take my permission slip home, making sure I keep it as safe and wrinkle free as possible. Begging my mom to sign it, I told her all about what I didn't know would form the rest of my life. This small dream and wish soon became a reality. I didn't care about baseball cards, cool cars, or playing sports at the time. I wanted to let my creativity shine through, and this show was where to let it happen. I was and still am a quiet person. I tend to say to myself, and I am okay with that. But for some reason, theater called my name. The next week, they were here. I auditioned with, with a bunch of girlfriends in my class. I was the only boy kindergartner. Quite a slick move on my part to say it. But all jokes aside, it was an experience I cannot forget. The show only took place in the course of a week and a half. We auditioned Monday, got a role by the end of the night, and it was time. I got in. I was cast as the head toy soldier. I did not have a single line, but I was ecstatic nonetheless. For the next week, I put everything I could into my first role. I got to experience a show put together within the weeks, within the span of a week. The costumes, makeup, rehearsals, set building, backstage shenanigans, and more. All of it was a spe- spectacle. Because I was the head toy soldier, I got to hang out with the cool kids, the 6th graders. These 6th graders were actually the big badge of the show. It was mind-boggling how they were so mean on stage, but when they came backstage, they were the kindest people. The reason we got close is because they used me, or I guess my character, to get closer to Pinocchio. As the head soldier, I was stolen and put into a box for safe keeping. I would like to believe I got the, ro- the role of my, because of my impeccable acting skills, but it might be because I was the smallest boy they had. Anyway, these two sixth graders put me in the box and that's when it hit me. I, a little five-year-old, found my place and knew exactly my future. This box that I was put in was small, dark, and not comfortable. Once I got in, they shut the lid and I was in this box for about 10 to 15 minutes. But don't worry, it gets better. As I sat there in this dark, listening to the muffled voices on stage, I knew I had to do this for the rest of my life. I always find it more uplifting when I tell this story because from inside that box, I learned to always be out of the box in my creativity. Theater taught me that. I now have that 15 minutes in that box to thank for the last 15 years of my life. Theater hasn't left me. I've been in over 30 shows and and assisted in all aspects of theater throughout my life. That five-year-old boy wished upon the star, and that five-year-old me made it happen. I don't know where I would be or what I would be interested in if I hadn't leapt into that box and followed what I discovered inside of it. Now, here I am, still quiet and reserved in my own little box, but take me out and put me on stage and see for yourself what comes out. Sometimes let yourself think inside the box to get out of the box. Who knows what can happen? That's a that's such a cool
0: story of how the literal meaning of getting inside the box plays into the abstract meaning of what it what uh theater means in your life um that's a really cool that's a really cool story and just how um and i love that you added in the part where it was a smart move on your part to join with all the ladies in the class of course of course yes absolutely yeah i, I mean i personally like
2: the part uh where you kept it wrinkle free you know you don't want to wrinkle up that piece of paper that you know when you brought home and eventually that piece of paper turned out to be your whole theater career so i think it's pretty awesome that mm-hmm. you you know, came from that to having thirty plays. It's pretty crazy. Um, so just a couple questions. Uh how did you feel when you got the lead role?
1: I mean, honestly, as I said, I was beyond excited. I didn't have any lines, but I knew that I would take it so seriously.
0: <laughs> um, so obviously you've had a long uh theatric career.
1: Um What's the favorite play you've ever been in? Uh, There's this one in high school called The Musical Comedy Murders of 1940. I played a uh, failed comedian and it was just great to be kind of myself and not having to act, because that was who I was. Awesome. Uh,
2: Has this passion taught you any discipline in your life?
1: Uh, For sure. I have definitely learned to um, accept People and see their whole story, mm-hmm. while also figuring out more about myself in the uh, scheme of it all. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to take characters that I've played and bring them into my real life, or see how they affect my real life. And that kind of kind of segues into the next
0: question I can have for you. Obviously, you play a lot of different roles and do they sometimes spill out into your everyday life, whether it be negative sometimes or a, a really positive
1: thing for you? you no, know, that's an interesting question because I've always see my character somehow uh, become my real life persona for some time, mm-hmm. whether that is a villainous character, comedic character or whatever at the time it is. I am, yeah, it does spill out and it's kind of interesting to see where the break between the two happens. And if I'll ever get rid of one character or if I am all the characters, Hunter is all of the character he has played. Mm-hmm. Here is Bjorn and his story called The Chance. Oh, I was 17
2: years old and I was just stocking bananas at Target, basically making minimum wage. Um, I'd not been working there for too long, but I had been working long, hard, eight hours on my feed shifts, uh, only to come away with a little cash. So basically I was frustrated, uh, wishing that there was something I could do to make a little extra cash, but then the idea struck me. For me, I've always been a fan of cleaning cars, whether it's mine or my dad's, I always loved cleaning. I I thought to myself that night at work, my seven long hour shift, what if I can make this hobby something bigger? The day before, one of my neighbors walked by while I was in the middle of detailing my dad's filthy, dirty car and asked, hey, you want to clean my car? Now, at the time, I thought it was in a jokingly manner, but eventually I figured that he actually wanted me to clean it. So I set up a day that worked best for him uh, just to drop it off, and I would clean it. Uh, little did I know what I was really starting. See, I used what little Target bot supplies I had and cleaned his car, doing the best job that I could with what I had. Basically, I just I did such a good job that he wanted me to do his wife's car, and then he told his neighbors how good of a job I had done. I knew as soon as the next day what a great opportunity I had right in front of me. I was completely startled at home uh, at how fast this had all fallen together. It was at this moment sitting in my garage drinking an ice-cold glass of water that I knew that I had I could be something big. During the winter months of 2019, I spent a lot of time creating Facebook pages as for my newly found business, Champion Wash. Now at the time, I wasn't sure how much business I could actually get, but boy, I was not expecting what was about to happen. Once I started to detail the whole neighborhood's cars, I knew how to expand. See, I've already touched on this before, but if you do a great job on someone's car, word of mouth becomes the best form of marketing. I kept dripping sweat doing cars all by myself because I knew the reward would be awesome. I actually started using so much water. My mom put the water bill on my desk and said, so you want to own your own business using my assets? Here's the water bill. <laughs> to be honest, this is, this is pretty funny because you know my mom, she's really sweet and she was pretty firm when she said that. And I didn't care at the time because I knew she was right. And I was blessed to have her, to let her, uh, she basically let me use her garage also. So throughout the summer of 2020, I, I started expanding even more and eventually took a $500 leap of faith. Which at the time, that was a whole lot of money. And it was actually the most I've ever spent in my entire life. And the $500 eventually paid off. Uh, so as I put that crispy, cold, hard cash in my bank account, knowing it would all be gone in a second before I ordered my newfound supplies, I just smiled. I knew it was a good investment. I, brought a pre- I bought a pressure washer, professional carpet cleaner, and professional detailing supplies and started to perfect my craft. I detailed every car like the customer is going to lick the nasty floor, and it paid off for me heavily. I was busy, so much so that I was booked a month out and I had to make a waiting list. I went from being employed and being someone else's employee to working for myself. I went from being on my feet for eight hours, making minimum wage, to making my own schedule and making my own money. To this day, I still work at Champion Wash, or as known by locals as a kid that just details
0: cars. That, that That's such a cool story, Bjorn, and like just how you started your entrepreneurship at such a young age. and figuring out and just kind of creating something from nothing, you know, as you said, just like the contrast of working at Target stocking bananas, you know, like, I I love that. I love that beginning. Exactly. Like going, where is this going? Exactly. Exactly. You don't know. And so going from that into creating your own business is such a cool, um, I guess, life lesson that you can take with you
1: throughout your whole life. Uh, What products did you use to that made the customers really go, wow, so for me, one of the first things that I used, for,
2: I started using when I made that five hundred dollar leap of faith, was a uh, steam cleaner you can mm. shove it in the vents. And so all the sneaky cars, it just basically like kills all the germs. And I also got like some, basically some smoke bombs that are just scented beautifully, and
0: it just makes the <laughs> old musty car smell go away. It really makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, what was the kind of the turning point when? you knew that you were a big deal. You kind of touched on it in the story, but like what was the, the signifying moment where you were just like, all right, I'm doing this? Um, Basically when I was working
1: eight hours, uh, I was coming away for like $50 and I was like, what am I doing with my time? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I needed
2: something else doing, stocking bananas. is just not my
1: yeah. company. Mm-hmm. Was- your business a- affected by COVID at all? Or were you able to continue that?
2: Uh, actually, I actually, I was able to continue it. It was pretty easy because people would just drop them off. In my driveway and i just go out and go to my driveway and start cleaning the car. And I could leave the keys in the car and they'd come pick it up. So mm-hmm. I worked a when I was cleaning the cars, but overall it was, wasn't really affected by COVID, but it was more affected by college.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is this kind of something you see yourself developing into more of an entrepreneurial pursuit or is it more of kind of like a side hustle for you?
2: Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know, I get asked this question a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really want to clean cars my whole life, so yeah. I think it's going to be more of a side hustle. Okay, but, okay. Uh, you know, it, it, I could make it into something if I wanted to, but mm-hmm. you know, I, this will always just be something I could do, you know, get a house and need to pay rent, just bring some cars. And...
0: For sure, for sure.
2: Uh, here's Ethan and his story is called Six Years. 2,190
0: days when thinking about my most significant leap of faith there were many stories that came to mind yes i've been skydiving but that's way too cliche right yes i've given my life to christ obviously that's not something to downplay however that's not once that's not what wants to be heard right my leap of faith occurred in a very odd time in the world This last summer, in the midst of a stupid pandemic, I enlisted in the US Air Force, one of the biggest and most defining decisions I have ever made. Never did I see myself actually following through with such a thing. My grandpa, who passed away from lung cancer when I was seven, served in the Air Force as a load master. He configured and loaded cargo on aircrafts, basically ensuring the thing didn't tip over mid-flight. Growing up, I always heard stories. My grandmother would describe how the different uh, pieces of machinery that were accidentally lost was later used for my grandpa's personal enjoyment. The man literally stole military equipment like it was nothing. As mischievous as it was, I always found what he did intriguing. It always grabbed my attention. Fast forward to August of 2019, my girlfriend had graduated basic training for the Air Force. Me and her family drove 22 exhausting hours to go visit her in the relentless 105 degree San Antonio heat. Air Force graduation was by far one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. The collective discipline and pride that was present was truly grabbing. It was something that I wanted to experience. Never have I done so much contemplating. During all of last year, I was going back and forth between the positives and negatives of joining the military. The negatives at times were severely overwhelming. There are so many different variables that can determine my future. Right now we're living in truly an unpredictable world. Protests and vandalistic riots are a part of our everyday life. With that, so are the installation of different military forces to those areas. The coronavirus can create heavy tensions between countries, especially during one of the biggest election seasons known to man. My future can be determined by a single signature from the president. Where he sends us, we go with only 72 hours notice. With all of this weighing very heavily on me, it was very simple. I craved the pride, the discipline, and dedication it would take to embark on this mission. On July 20th, 2020, I headed down to the 934th Airlift Wing in Minneapolis. There, I signed six years of my life to, to the US military. There, I raised, raised my right hand and swore that I would protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. There I gained a confidence and sense of belonging that I will cherish forever. That is the moment when I began my journey to becoming an American Airman.
1: That's that's great, Ethan to hear. I love how your grandpa has influenced you so much and just hearing his story and <laughs> taking military equipment yeah. for his own personal use. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. So, um, (laughs) what was going through your head when you did enlist?
0: Honestly, it was, it was such like a, um, nerve wracking moment. And it's not quite a decision that you can fully comprehend because that's six years of your future that are in a way unpredictable. And so, you know, when you pick up that pen and you sign the numerous forms that, you know, signify your enlistment. It's just every signature, you're just like, oh my gosh, this could happen, this could happen, you know? And it's not until you sign that last signature where you're just like, all right, I'm in, you know.
2: That's awesome. So what are your next steps? Like, how are you gonna go through life
0: now? So actually, um, I do what's called drill weekends um, and it is basic training preparatory. And so um, we have our flight leaders uh, that simulate the stress and the involvement that goes into basic training and so there's a lot of screaming a lot of yelling at us um, just trying to get us used to the, the sort of panic and the um, and really the um, the nervousness that comes along with just being there um, it, it gives you a way to deal and to cope with um, the different ways that they come at you but um, After that, I will be leaving for basic training January fifth. So.
2: That's awesome. I know a lot of people are in Navy, and they all seem to be pretty cool guys. Mm I mean, you know, any branch. Yeah. The Air Force obviously is. I feel like Air Force is like superior. I mean, it's (laughs) it's awesome. I I I love to hear stories about it. Yeah. So, basically, are you excited or nervous about basic? I've heard plenty of different things. I've heard that you have to wake up at four in the morning. I've heard that you have to. You know, make your bed a certain way. Like yeah. for me, if yeah. I roll out of bed, I, there's no way I'm getting up and making that bed.
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. that's not happening. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm super, I'm super excited. Um, you know, there there come some nerves that um, are there. Uh, I think that the excitement though overrules anything that would come into mind for nervousness. Um, yes, you actually do have to make your bed uh, in a way; otherwise, they'll make you redo it, or they'll make you do PT, which is physical training. And so um, it's just the little things, the disciplinary things that go into an everyday military lifestyle that um, also excite me a lot. Just having that that rigor and that schedule to my life is something
1: I crave, so. And with that, what job are you going into into the Air Force with?
0: So I'm actually going to be security forces. And so what that means is that I, um, I will be basically uh, a police for military bases and so I will protect those who protect is what they're saying is uh, I will be pre- protecting the flights so like the C-130s I will also be pre- pre- protecting the gates and making sure that nobody can come in unless they're authorized. So we're kind of like the first line of defense for people that come inside the base. So. Just kind of uh, wrapping up. What did we What have we kind of learn today as a as a whole?
2: I think that we learned we learned a lot of different things, um, spanning from you know, the Air Force to theater to car washes. It's, it's been it's been a whole bunch of information, but. You know i think that some very interesting stories today
1: and i love how ethan really grind in the air force you know hunter made his presence known in the world of theater i love that we have all taken this theme of unordinary places to find extraordinary passions at again back to your story bjorn with starting with bananas stocking bananas and that turning into your own business and then ethan with you Looking towards the future through a pandemic right now, and where the rest of your life is going to take you, and obviously with myself looking back on my past and how that shaped where I am now, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. I like seeing how we can reflect on our past, our present, and our future. Absolutely, yeah. Even Bjorn starting your business, um, very independent and. I was super interested in listening to your story because I saw your Instagram page during quarantine. And was pretty impressed. I scrolled through most of it to see what work you do with the cars. And for the people out there listening right now, his Instagram handle is Champion Wash. I highly recommend taking a look at it just in case you're in need of a deep clean.
0: Um, yeah, Hunter, I just it's just so cool how you found your passion that young. I feel like a lot of people don't. Yeah, you know, like don't at all find what they want to do, that young people in college still don't know what they want to do. And so um, I think it's just so cool how you found your passion at such a young age. And um, Hunter just taking on that entrepreneurial route and just kind of making something your own and developing it from nothing. It just shows shows a lot of um, determination and willpower when it comes to um, your business
1: life. Um, Want to uh, shameless plug myself real quick. Uh, At Bastl, we have a show coming up called Sherlock at Home, The Quarantine Caper. It is a parody of Sherlock Holmes and uh, the pandemic, but it's Mm -hmm. taking place during the Spanish flu. And you'll be able to view it in the comfort of your own home and couch or wherever you like to watch shows. It will be recorded and that will be with us shortly. Take a look at it. Highly recommend it. take a look at it, guys. And we want to thank some people for helping us out in the Modern Story Podcast at Bethel University in St. Paul.
2: Thanks to Nick Swedlin and Alyssa Tay for building the podcast studio
1: and giving us all access to it.
0: Thanks to the writers who inspired our stories and we
1: should thank each other for our edits. Look for the next episode of Modern Story Podcast.
2: And lastly, go tell your mother about Modern Story.
1: Come on everyone, don't be shy. Go tell not only your mother, tell your weird neighbor. Your professors, family members. Tweet it. I
2: don't even care. Tell your fourth cousin that lives in Germany. (laughs) Just make sure to spread the word. Once again, thanks guys for listening.
0: Thanks everybody. See ya.